Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Community Pulse. By the varied nature of everything that falls under the umbrella of developer relations, it can be really difficult to get down to the trends and movements of everything we do. Add to that the bespoke nature of many DevRel programs, and we really need to work to discover what's happening in the world we live and work in. Fortunately, a survey has been done, and in this episode we will discover some of the results and find out a bit of why we do what we do when we do what we say we do in DevRel. You're listening to the Community Pulse Podcast. Welcome your host, Mary Thangval, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. And to help us navigate this weird mesh of information, uh, we have on our show today, Carolyn Leco, Luco, sorry, did I say that right? And she is here from Revere Communications, and she helped create this newest survey that we are going to talk about. Carolyn, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, uh, Wesley, PJ, and Jason for having me today. Um, I'm Carolyn Luco. I'm with Revere Communications, and as Wesley mentioned, have been part of this report for the last nine nine years, and. Uh, Really excited about the results this year as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, Carolyn. Um, I've got a few just sort of questions I, I wanted to start us off with. Uh, one you just you just answered there is this, how many years we've been doing this? You just said this is the ninth edition. Is that nine straight years or is there a time in, that we took a little break in between somewhere? Well, I would say it wasn't exactly online. It didn't come out at the same time every year, but it's the ninth edition and we started the first one in 2013. So Okay. And I'm, I'm guessing that it's grown quite a bit since, since 2013. How many folks did you have uh, participate in this report in terms of the survey? Oh, oh, my goodness. When we first started it in 2013, um, it was actually Rod Burns that many people in the community know. He's been a, a longtime dev DevRel person. Uh, with my former company, WIP, he started it in 2013, and we had 13 respondents. And yeah. then, and as of this year, what what, what do we get up to? I'm guessing it's a little higher than that. Uh, so this year we've got uh, 216 respondents, and uh, I can go through. Last year we had 266, and uh, the year before we had. Uh, let me just take a quick look. Here was uh, 167. So I would have liked to have seen a few more this year, but uh, still, still pretty pretty good. Okay, growing a little bit every year, sounds like. And as far as like how long this survey was out there for, for folks to uh, respond to, is this something that runs for just a couple of months or a couple of weeks or how's it worked out? We do it for a month. Uh, for a full month, okay. And then also we were just talking right before, um, this report is still sort of being polished and put together. Um, and there's a whole team of people that are involved with uh, you know putting this together. You wanna tell us a little bit about how, who some of those folks are? Sure. Um, we really see this as a as a community project. Um, we you know we've been wanting we've been doing it for the community for a long time and have often you know sort of talked to different people about it. But this time we really brought on a lot more people to provide their input. And so as we'll talk about, there's a lot of different questions and you know, just even different ways to to format the questions based on, on some of the great feedback that we had. 
So uh, Wesley was, was one of the folks that helped us look at the questions and also do an early review on, on the analysis. I've got the team that works with me at Revere that work hard on it. We've got a designer that, that looks at it as well. And um, you've seen the early copy and I'm, I really like the look of it this year. I think it's really fresh and vibrant at the same time. And uh, I think it just really positions where DevRel is uh, right now. Uh, but we've got, there's, um, let me do a quick count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 people, including me that have been involved. And so wow. much thanks to, to everybody who's, who's supported. And then as you mentioned, yes, it's still being polished. So once this podcast comes out, it'll be, it'll be released, but uh, thank you for overlooking some of the typos you might've seen so far. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, thank you for sharing the early copy with us. It's been uh, fun to look through it. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm guessing as far as the the folks that uh, were surveyed for this whole, whole thing, like who's the main uh, target uh, of, obviously it's de developer relations, but that's a big group. How did you decide, you know, who specifically or what channels to go out and get this out there? We, we didn't decide who, we just sent it out to channels. I would say though, what was different this year than the past couple of years is we opened it up to those who weren't just working in a DevRel company. So it was a very small percentage, but we did have some people that were contractors, you know, with agencies, uh, that sort of thing. Um, again, very, very small percentage. And then what we did is we sent it out to, um, you know, just a number of different different places through our Twitter accounts, through, you know, different people like Wesley, you know, getting getting word out through through his channels. And then we had a few, uh, I guess I can do some shout outs to the DevRel Collective, uh, the Flyless Group, uh, Heavybit, uh, the API Developer Weekly, um, Devikit, uh, and the DevRel Weekly all sent it out through their channels as well. So thanks very much to all of those groups. Well, that, that's that's awesome to see that kind of level of of participation have that many channels. I know when I started in DevRel, I actually think none of those things existed. Um, but you also mentioned that that the survey itself has actually gone through kind of an evolution and it's changed. What are some of the new questions that people saw in the survey this year that maybe didn't have a historical component, or maybe maybe not just new questions, but old questions that, that have been left off and came back again? So, what are mm -hmm. some of the changes that that twenty twenty two has? Yeah, good, uh, good point on there. We do sort of go back and forth between a few questions where we think, oh, do we need to answer, ask this one again? And, and uh, sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. I should say the first one back in 2013, we just called it a developer evangelist survey. And, you know, I think there were six quick questions that people needed to answer. And this time we had 40 some questions. And, you know, we made sure right wow. at the beginning to say, this is an extensive survey, grab a cup of coffee <laughs> because, you know, we really want you to be thoughtful and take, take your time at it. Uh, so, you know, there's a typical demographic questions. Who are the people? What do you do? What are your age? That sort of thing. We did ask this year um, a question around not only what your previous role is, but what your current title is. And I think there's, we see some great, great in interesting research there and that we put into the report of all the different titles and, that really is interesting to me where when we started, it was kind of, it was the developer evangelist. And now we've got such a range of titles in, in this space. I think that's 
that's really exciting and really interesting to see. The other new questions that uh, came up um, were towards the end, and they came directly from, from the working group that helped us out. Um, let me just take a quick, a quick look through here. So we did ask about um, economic climate. Somebody wanted to know that, so <laughs> that was an interesting one. Uh, somebody wanted to know about content production. So content, again, last year we noticed that content was a big story and we thought, okay, is that just a, a COVID-related issue? Um, but we're really seeing that it's, it's you know, as I think as we all have seen, that content is a really big part of what, what DevRel is and what DevRel offers, especially when, you know, the community of developers is so diverse and so spread out that just having events anymore, you know, you can't hit the type of the, the spectrum and the breadth of developers that you want to. So that online content becomes so important. So somebody wanted to know, so what do we do with content production? You know, do we do idea generation? Is there production? Is there editing? And we find that DevRel people really do a whole bunch of everything around, around content, include including managing agencies as well. And we're seeing, seeing a lot of that. Uh, we asked a question around developer experience, which seems to be, again, a topic that's very uh, trending lately. Uh, so we're seeing that some people do friction logs and others don't. Um, I thought that was a pretty interesting question. And another one of our, our working group members wanted to know how, how DevRel was assigned work. And I can tell you, I never would have thought of that question. And we're like, okay, let's let's ask that. If you know, if one person's interested, there's probably going to be a few a few others that are. And interesting, we see that we saw that 76% of, of DevRel people are actually self-directed in their, you know, how they do their working assignments. Um, but many requests either come from engineering and product, you know, some come from marketing, and fewer come from a direct manager. And I I think when we look at some of those results, they kind of come back to some of our earlier results, you know, higher up in the survey that shows that there's a lot more newer programs and a lot more newer people coming into the industry. So, you know, if you, you know, if you are new into it, starting a new program and often the one person, well, you're going to have to be pretty self-directed. So, you know, I think again, and that part, I think very much speaks to the type of person that needs to be in developer relations where, you know, it is, it is somebody that has to be that go-getter. It is somebody that has to see what needs to be done and then, you know, sort of jumps in to do it or, you know, hopefully starts to build a team that can support them. That That's a really, the stat you, that you're referring to is that some or like almost 50% of the DevRel groups are two years old or younger, which was yeah. amazing. Uh, and um, there are, with all these new questions, there are a lot of new things in here, um, like around diversity, around budgets, and um, yes. uh, and how many people are aware of those budgets. I was curious about, with with all these new like data points, what kind of insights that have you gleaned that, that kind of stood out to you as, as super um, interesting? Sure. Certainly, uh, the diversity question, especially with, um, let me just go up to the, you know, sort of the gender identification. And when it comes to, if you take a look at the, 
I always I always do some comparisons with the Stack Overflow survey, which you know gives a pretty good perspective of who developers are. And you know, given that's our our audience, it's like, are we like our audience? Are we not like our audience? And we certainly see far more female identifying respondents in DevRel that we see in the general developer population. I think that's a really interesting takeaway. This was the first year that we asked about um, other diversity. Um, and I know, Wesley, you've got some questions around, around that one. And I, you know, over time, we'll, we'll do a better job uh, of asking that. I didn't see with in terms of gender identity, just uh, and and diversity offhand, except for female identifying, if it was that different than the Stack Overflow survey. However, uh, when we took a look and did some, uh, you know, sort of cross tabs between uh, diversity and roles, we definitely see saw more diversity in the newer roles and newer companies rather than people who had been around for a long time or more sort of advanced level roles. So I, I'm hoping that's showing us that, you know, DevRel is more welcoming and the, that we're bringing more people into DevRel that maybe wouldn't have thought about it before. Well, I'm, I'm actually curious about that a little bit because I think one of the things that they always talk about when it comes to representation is, you you re, you repeat what you see presented. So mm -hmm. I I wonder if we could even extrapolate from that and say like maybe because more DevRel programs are becoming more diverse, we can expect to see a better shift of diversity in the developer communities we're working with. Is that something that we could maybe, I mean, at least hope for? I definitely think we can hope for that, right? You make a very good point there. I mean, yes, let's hope for it. But typically you're right. It is if you see somebody who looks and acts like you, it's just a much more friendly and welcoming environment. We did see too, when we took a look at underrepresented communities, that there's a pretty strong showing of neurodiverse candidates. And that was the first time question for us. And it was 18% of people. Now I went and looked at how that looked within the Stack Overflow survey and then how that looked within the population as a whole. And it didn't appear that developer relations was really any, any different, but I'm glad to see that we were able to track that. And I think the takeaway for the community is if we have that many you know, neurodiverse people and that's the population that there is within developers, how are we meeting those needs? that's that becomes really important. I was at a conference uh, called Traction a, a month or so ago, and we talked about what developer relations is to a people of non-DevRels, and I mentioned the neurodiversity. And I had a number of people come up to me afterwards going, you know, I'm neurodiverse. Thank you very much for mentioning that because we often just get left on the sidelines. So definitely something we need to consider. So one of the things that that jumped out to me, what what I think might be sort of contributing to this um, <clears throat> is as as advocates in the DevRel industry or whatever you're going to call uh, it is we 
um, are really good at bringing awareness to things that we think, you know, need more awareness. I mean, and, and it showed in the report, I think it showed that the driving awareness now took over developer education as like the main purpose of some developer programs. You know, that can speak to lots of different things in terms of like what is just awareness. But at the heart of what we do really well is is shed some light on some stuff that is underrepresented, is under talked about, is under whatever. Um, that's just what we do really well. And it's good to see, you know, this type of stuff making into the report um, because that sort of is a good feedback. You know, what you just like what PJ said, what you see sort of represents things. And now we're starting to see a more clear picture of not just DevRel, but developers in general, IT people in general. You know, there's right. a lot of folks out there who do not even, you know, identify as a developer, but this is still their world. This is still the stuff that they do. Absolutely. I was just curious about um, now that you've, you've got the survey and you've crunched at least preliminary the data, you've looked at it. Um, do you have any, I, I know this might be premature, but do you have any hopes for next year about what you would like to change or what you'd like to be included? Did this start like spiraling new ideas about the, the vision of what the, what the 2023 survey will look like? I definitely like to see more people participate. You know, when you when you think about it, one of the questions I think I saw you were going to ask is about, you know, st statistic validity. And, you know, the more people, the better. Um, what I like about this survey, and if we see what, you know, Common Room did on the salary survey, those a couple salary surveys that were done before, and, and even our, you know, our work over the course of a year, a lot, you know, you see a lot of similarities. So you kind of go, okay, great. Like, unless it's all the same people answering the same survey, which I doubt, <laughs> uh, we've got some, some good results, but I'd definitely like to see some, some more people contribute. We're starting to see people coming from different places. And I think it would be really interesting to drill down a little bit more into you know, like we're seeing a lot more folks from Africa and a lot more folks from India. And I would say that isn't as represented in the survey as the um, noise, for lack of a better word, that I see on social media from, from all these folks. So whether they're like, are, are they not survey answerers? Are they not answering the survey? How do we get them more involved and, and get a chance to understand what their experiences are um, in developer relations. And my assumption, again, from just seeing things on social media is that they're rel relatively younger people and new to the field. So, you know, how do, let's find out about their experience so we know better how to support them. And that kind of touches on another follow-up question I had, Caroline, is, uh, or Carolyn, is when, when people read this and you, and they have like an initial response of, oh my gosh, this is such great information. Uh, what are your hopes that their next steps are? Like, what's the actionable thing to do once you've been, you know, um, once you've read through this report and you're armed with all this great info, what do you hope people are going to do next? From what I see, and I guess what the, what the hope is that people can use the information to, again, benchmark their own experiences. And I often hear from folks going, you know, now I can go and either ask for that raise or I can go and go, you know, other developer relations programs actually have budgets. And I think we need one too, because we need to do, you know, developer relations for, for many is just that advocate role. And, you know, this is one more tool in the toolbox to advocate for developer relations as a whole. 
So whether you're looking for more budget or want to hire another person on your team or need you know, better recognition for DevRel within your company, um, I really hope that this is a, you know, another tool that can be used to, to advocate for developer relations as a whole. Yeah, thanks. And I, it's very well done with a lot of the graphics and everything. It's it's easy to understand some of the metrics um, that have risen to the top of what's important within our within our little ecosystem in our industry. And uh, I think to your point, uh, compensation is always going to be a big part of it. But just understanding, um, you know, I I, I was also um, caught by reading the the, the part about how um, our gender sort of identification has has shaped up to be here because that's, I mean, I mean that's great news. Um, what is it, 42% I think identifies female. So that's way higher than what the Stack Overflow shows as, as our audience and the people that we try to serve. So to see us again, um, try to set a standard and create better awareness of, of tech in general, I think, um, and see it in, in visual form, I, th I think is always nice. You know, we hear anecdotally about stuff, but to see it show up, um, in the, in the numbers is always great. One of the things too, just on salary, um, that I looked at too, and I think the, you, you haven't quite seen the last, um, update here, but when I, I, I looked at what the salary levels were and then went to, and looked, okay, so what's a general software engineer make? What is a general, you know, marketing manager? I went to Glassdoor in a few places and, from from our our data, developer relations people actually make more make more on average than the average engineer and the average marketing manager. And you know we've only started to collect salary information over the last couple of years, and it's definitely grown. Great. Um, Often we go, maybe it should be more because it is such, you know, and, and as we can see too, it is such a diverse role. People aren't, people mostly aren't coming into it green. Um, and they're coming at it from experience, but they also need to have, you know, you need to be a little marketing, you need to be a little engineer. And to be able to have that diverse, those diverse skills, I think the salary should be higher. Uh, I, I I definitely agree with that, and I actually had a, a follow up question on that, and that's so. I mean, look, looking at some of the, the data we see, it seems like uh, education wise, it's still heavily tech focused, but not as many people have a degree or had been engineers in their past. Um, we also see that a lot of the companies, like it's not well, it's still dominated by tech companies or developer focused companies. It's not all of that, um, like it's only sixty five percent. So that means there's a whole thirty five percent outside of it. Um, do you think that maybe, and this is a, this is a crazy idea and I'm just spitballing here, but <laughs> do you think that maybe we should focus on changing the name of developer relations because it's not entirely about developers anymore. It's more about communities using various products. Um, or do you think there should be a, a splitter diversification saying, Hey, yes, you do what we'd usually call developer relations, except you're not relating to developers and you're not using a technological pro product. So it doesn't fit under that umbrella. Like, I hate to I hate to put up a gate, but should there be a gate kept on what DevRel is and isn't, um, based on some of the information that we're seeing? I would say yes. I mean, when you take a look at what's happening in the community space, that's very that's very broad. Mm -hmm. I think when you take a look at DevRel, 
yes, we're about, you know, yes, we're about builders, but I think what's really special in developer relations is that the products that we're offering to develop to developers are an input into another product that they then go and sell. And because it's software and things need to be updated all the time, it's not the same as, you know, selling somebody flour to make a cake. You know, it, if you upgrade your flour, it's not really going to make a, you know, it's not really going to make a difference on, on the cake that's already been sold, right? And so because of that, because of the changes in technology, we do have some really different um, skill sets that we need to have and offerings to developers. However, <laughs> you know, when people ask me what I do, I had this conversation with somebody from tech yesterday where I thought over the, the course of the last two years, he finally got what I did, but he still thinks that I'm in developer relations. So I should be able to help his, his company help him with his own developers. So yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've had a lot of situations where I, you tell people, oh, I'm in developer relations. They're like, cool. Can you fix the iCloud integration on my, on my Apple iPhone? And it's like, or that too, no, you yeah. literally have no idea what I do, do you? Um, but yeah, I well, mean, it's, it, it's interesting. A lot of this goes just sort of at the heart of what DevRel is now, if it's having any kind of ex existential crisis, like these are the, the things sure. I talk what about. Are with we my not? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm like, I feel like the poster child of this. I'm not a developer yet. I'm, I've been in DevRel now for however many years. I've got a podcast about it, um, but I have never identified as a developer. I've been in operations. I've been in IT my entire life. I've been in tech. Um, I've written some code. I've, I've, I've flirted with being a developer a few times. I've taken CS classes, but I don't currently really identify as one. And I also think that I'm not alone, but there's also a lot of people out there who are learning to use some of the tools that don't require you to know a programming language to develop things, to create stuff. Right. So you know, you're talking level, levels of abstraction. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's a question of, are, is everyone a developer or is, is developer really not a good term anymore? But that's, you know, that's a whole other show. On I just think the, that's another show. show. <laughs> um, Tune in for the next episode yeah. of Community Pulse. <laughs> Um, but you I know. do think on that note, you know, like what you were saying earlier, Jason, where, you know, what do we do in DevRel? We, we create awareness for, for our, you know, the tools that, that we're representing. What I do think, in it, and I've been advocating lately as a group, we need to do a better job of advocating for developer relations. I'm hoping this report does that, but I think there's a number of ways collectively we can do that as well. And, and one of the questions in the survey we asked a little bit last year, came back to it, asked it in a different way this year was, is it time for developer relations association? And I think it is time for that where, you know, not only do we ask these questions, you know, it's like we're around this circle talking to ourselves. We need to start to, you know, turn our chairs around and look outside the circle and, amplify what developer relations is outside of DevRel. For, for that thing that you brought up, the section about uh, whether or not there's a professional association, that was in the section in kind of projecting the future, like what people think is needed and what will come forward. Um, just 
just wanted to point out that this survey, even though it's the 2022 survey, it's making predictions about what 2023 will look like. Um, and I wanted to just focus in on this one section. And mm -hmm. as you reviewed that, those answers for each of those, um, like taking the pulse of, of what people think um, will what Devro will look like next year, did that resonate with your own internal thermometer temperature about what you thought the answers would be for those questions? I actually, you know, given the economic climate right now, and, and this report, you know, or our analysis was done prior to all the layoffs we've seen over the last six weeks. And I think that developers, uh, developer relations people as a whole in this report were, were pretty positive. You know, I'd love to go back to the same group going, you know, do you still have your job? And, um, you know, people were saying that they believed that, you know, their head counts were, were going to grow. Oh, okay. And uh, they didn't really expect a lot of, you know, the economic climate was going to have much of a change on the programs. And you know, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of layoffs in the last little while. So I think people were pretty, are pretty positive, <laughs> which maybe is a good, which maybe is a good thing. And, and let's yeah, let's hope that they uh, they kind of stay that way. Um, it, it is kind of tough because I, I think even though the great thing about the survey is we have so many more answers, there's always so many more answers to to find out. So I hope that that, yeah, you and the team continue to do it um, and that, you know, we continue. I, I think it brings a lot of value to everybody who's out there in DevRel. And so we look forward to next year. Uh, but at this point in the podcast, it's time for us to move towards checkouts. So as everyone knows, Checkouts is the part of the show where we get to talk about what we've been doing or things we're interested in that may or may not have anything to do with what we've been talking about thus far. With that in mind, I'm going to start off with Jason. Jason, let us know what your Checkouts are. Okay. So my first Checkout uh, is actually related to something I was just talking about. I recently was working on some content, which uh, PJ and Wesley know. Uh, I haven't had a chance to do a lot of content. Um Lately in DevRel, I kind of support the internal DevRel uh, mostly with a lot of my time and energy. But uh, I put together this uh, this little video tutorial workshop thing on YouTube and did some stuff with shorts, a uh, very experimental project um, that turned out to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping to grow um, in a next iteration. And uh, you can go check that out at jhan.co slash no code. That'll take you to some video, uh, some YouTube videos. And then the other thing too, is I have a book suggestion that I just started reading. Uh, it's called 4,000 Weeks. Uh, the, the author's name escapes me right now, but uh, 4,000 Weeks, the Time Management for Mortals. It's really good. I love uh, the perspective it takes uh, in terms of 4,000 weeks is approximately how many weeks we all have uh, in our lifetime. Um, and it's a, it's a matter of understanding those limitations. And uh, it's a good, for, good uh, book for people struggling to uh, to discuss work in progress with their managers, uh, I would say. So, um, yeah, if you got too much on your plate. It's a good, it's a good book to read and find the language to share with others. That's too much on your plate. Very cool. Very, very cool. Carolyn, you want to, you want to give us your checkouts? Sure. I'm literally going to check out at the end of the month. I'm going on a little cruise between Vancouver and San Diego. So looking for looking forward to that. Um, but otherwise, nice. we'll do a shout out to um, uh, I'm trying to, to read at least one book on Canadian indigenous culture. 
um, over the next year. And I've actually gotten two done over this month, but the, the one that I just finished up is called Five Little Indians. And it shares stories of, um, some of you may know some Canadian history, but it shares a story of five individuals who uh, went to residential school mm. and just how that affected their lives. And it was just, you know, I cried, I laughed. It was very profound and uh, just great, great writing as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I know that's a huge issue. I, I live not too far from uh, Southern Ontario. So we hear a lot about, you know, what's going on with that, that there's, just, there's a lot to digest and there's probably mm. a lot to reveal. And so Great, great suggestion. I've heard a lot about that book and it's on, it's on my list as well. Uh, Wesley, what have you got for me? As many of you know, I'm on the advisory board for South by Southwest. I've been doing it for over a decade. Um, so I get the pleasure of being able to help uh, get a preview of what kind of, po uh, what kind of panels are going to be accepted and, and through the platform. Um, and uh, I got to say that I'm really excited for 2023. Um, it's the first time that I've ever seen uh, a DevOps-like panel uh, come, come through, which is awesome. And there are some big themes that I've noticed when I was looking at the panels about like ethics and tech, uh, no-code solutions, um, and a big one about data, data ownership of being able to take control mm. of your own data, which is like, it sounds like it is going to be a really, really great South by. And if you haven't ever been to... South by Southwest. Uh, I, it's in March usually, um, and if and I would encourage you to go or to check it out and to investigate whether or not um, it's something that your company or yourself would be interested in. Um, and uh, also on top of my mind, inspired by the report when, about the amount of people. Uh, Carolyn mentioned that like eighteen percent are neurodiverse who are in DevRel. Uh, just recently, Polywork went. Uh, public. Everyone can now join Polywork, but they also released uh, in beta uh, a clubs feature. And once again, I'm a Polynot, so I'm also an, an advisor for them. And I created my own club uh, called Neurodiversity in Developer Relations. So if you're looking to find other individuals who consider themselves or identify as neurodivergent, um, come join us. The water's fine. So just go to polywork.com, look at the clubs, and you should be able to find it. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Wesley. And I, I'll, I'll finish this up with checkouts. Um, first thing, just before we jumped on, I, I was alerted that today, no one, no one probably cares about this who listens to this podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. Today's the 23rd anniversary of the release of the, the, the album American Football by the band American Football. It was a very influential uh, emo slash proto math rock album. I highly recommend it. It's very relaxing. There are some themes that are a little bit too teenagery for for the 40 plus set, but it's still a great, a great, uh, a great album, and you should check it out. Um, also, I've recently been reading uh, "Weapons of Math Destruction" by Kathy O'Neill. Brilliant book that helps you get to, get to understand how statistics work. And I felt like it was kind of pertinent, given that we're having this great talk about the survey and statistics and and how they look. Uh, Kathy gives a brilliant representation of what math looks like and some of the math that goes behind the statistics that we see, especially on like the national and international level. Um, finally, I would be remiss if I didn't tell everybody that I'm in a new band. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We're called the Kings Highwaymen. We play Irish pub standards and punk rock. And if you are coming to DevOps Days Buffalo, we will be playing the first night. So grab tickets for that, grab tickets for the show, and we'll see you there. Um, 
Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of the survey, for providing this great information that I think is going to benefit so, so, so many people. Um, and as as we now know, all around the world, everyone will benefit. Um, so it's great to have this snapshot. Um, thanks to my co-hosts for joining me for another awesome episode. And before we go, as as always, we like to have a, a quote. Um, and I've been focused mostly on punk rock this year. So our quote today is, life's too short. You have to get weird. If you don't get weird, you are weird. Thank you to Fat Mike from NoFX for that one. And we'll see you next time on The Community Pulse. You've been listening to The Community Pulse. Find out more at communitypulse.io. On Twitter at community underscore pulse. Or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out our extra podcast, The After Pulse. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the